a un primero de mayo. <risa> Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I am your host, Sam Duzame Jr. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at The Sam D. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up thesamd.com. Follow along with the podcast on social media at The Sam D Podcast. Musical production done by May 1st Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash May 1st Music. I know every time I bring this point guard up, y'all laugh. I know every time I bring this point guard up, y'all think, oh man, Sam's just such a hater, bro. Like Sam's just a hater. I don't know, man. The credibility might be waning a little bit. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. I don't know why he's bringing up this point guard. He's just trolling this down the third. Yet through two games of the Western Conference Finals, 18 assists and one turnover for campaign. The best point guard on the Phoenix Suns. Laugh all you want. 18 assists, one turnover. When the point fraud did it, Y'all were hitting my timelines all up in my mentions. My mentions real quiet today, though. Not one tweet about campaign. Not a one. But when the point fraud, if the point fraud had done this, timeline is going crazy. It's a raging inferno like Steph when he goes off. Campaign, 18 assists, one turnover. Quiet crickets. Nada. Keep the same energy. Real ones know what they're watching. I've been trying to tell y'all, campaign is the difference. Obviously, D-Book's the best player on that team. He makes everything go. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton has progressed. But having campaign, a dude that had to go to China to relearn how to play ball. Your man's Mark Jackson had the gall, had the nerve to try to give the success of campaign to the point fraud. Saying, oh, well, you know, he, he gets to watch the point fraud play every day in practice. You're going up against him. It's, it's, you're going to learn. You're going to learn from one of the best. Was a point fraud in China when campaign was there? When the Suns were 8-0 in the bubble, was the point fraud there? Hell no campaign was though and now campaign is out here 18 assists and one turnover and it's looking like all she wrote they don't even need the point fraud which is low-key what i've been trying to tell y'all the whole goddamn season they don't even need the point fraud when you have a top five player in devin booker that's the biggest thing you need get an elite player and it's easier they have an elite player. They have an emerging big. They have role players who can step in, in Bridges, in a Bossman 99, and now a Cam Payne. Don't even need the point fraud. I'll tell him, stay home. We'll get this ring without you. We'll get this ring without you. And for one night, 
the internet was off Ben Simmons. For one night, we went back to an old favorite, Pandemic P, who played great otherwise. That's the problem. And that's the gift and the curse of Pandemic P. But he will give you game one. He was phenomenal. He tried his best to keep them in it. Hit big three after big three. Went to the hole, was aggressive. The Jimmy was working. Iso ball late down the stretch. He didn't care. So he was keeping that same energy from getting Utah out the paint in seven. He brought that into game one. Game two, more of the same. But then when it mattered most, at the free throw line, up one, having a chance to put your team up three. Bricks two free throws. And the body language went back to Pandemic P when he was clanking three after three off the side of the backboard in the bubble last year. Where the hell is Boardman? Is he back from Germany yet? Did he go to Germany yet or nah? Because it seems like that's going to be the only way he's able to play. If he's not in game three, you have to assume he can't go at all. And while they're playing this, this dalliance with whether or not he can play, look, dog, if you're down, if your team is down 2-0 and you're coming home to the crib where you've been in L.A. catching rehab, if you can't go in game three, don't even pull up for game four. If you're down 3-0, then what's the point of showing up for game four? Just shut it down. I will give Ty Lue credit for trying to make adjustments. He made some changes at the starting lineup. He went big. For game one, he tried to get Batum out there at the five and eight and ate him up. Had to switch him out, bring in a Zubac for game two. And it didn't really work because Zubac can't really move. He can't, he doesn't have the speed or the quickness to keep up with Aiden. And in game one, the baller formerly known as Boogie DeMarcus Cousins was able to go out there and give you a little something. He put some shots up because we know DeMarcus is going to put some shots up no matter when he gets on the floor. But again, on defense, he was exposed because Boogie's had horrific leg injuries in back-to-back years. And his body's not really right. No matter what videos he posts online of him hooping in the lab, it really don't matter, bro. When you see him out there at full speed, everyone else is full speed. He's at a quarter speed. Like, it's not even half speed. Boogie, when he moves, the baller formerly known as Boogie DeMarcus Cousin, when he moves, it's at a quarter speed, bro. So he was getting exposed on pick and rolls on defense, and that's why you haven't seen him. Ty Lue ain't stupid. He sees the film. You can see him when he moves. Like, he just can't keep up. His legs are not fully healed. His conditioning isn't where it needs to be because he's just been trying to rehab those legs over the last couple of summers. So, the Clippers have no size. The old English font lacks a big. Where the hell is Serge Ibaka? Serge Ibaka would have the quickness. He's not as tall as Hayden, but he has enough size to be able to contend. We know how he is on defense in terms of blocking shots and affecting shots. Where the hell is Serge Ibaka? And this is what it comes down to. It's really a war of attrition. Health is wealth. Bodies are falling down left and right. Phoenix might be the healthiest team left. Atlanta gave us the pump fake with Cam Reddish, thinking he was on the verge of coming back. 
The Bucks don't have big ragu. We'll see if that ever resurfaces as a real thing to be concerned about. But when you look at what Phoenix is able to do, they're healthy. Who's missing from that team that they actually need? Like, they get the point for our back for game three. That's it. Rotation could go back. Campaign, unfortunately, would go back to the bench. But he'll still get some significant minutes. Him and Monty go way back again, disproving the whole nonsense of what Mark Jackson was trying to give y'all last night. Phoenix can really get this ring. They can really get this ring just because they're not hurt. But we also know what could happen. Basketball gods. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who. But every step of the way, the point fraud has been knocked down by the basketball gods. If it happens this time, if they're able to get out this series and advance to the NBA finals. If the basketball gods let this man get that close to a ring only to snatch it away. Y'all know what type of time I'll be on. I'll be right here laughing every step of the way. (laughs) But seriously, though, this is Devin Booker's championship to lose. Out of the four teams that's left, he's the best player that's remaining. He's better than anyone in the East. And he's already proven if, if there's anything you've learned this entire postseason is how great Devin Booker is. You can give me the bullshit about the point fraud. You can give me the bullshit about how he's just a scorer. You don't know basketball. The fact that people were shocked at how great he was passing the ball in game one, how he went that triple-double with the 40-piece, how some people were amazed that he was able to pass and facilitate as if he's never played point before. Again, they don't know basketball. D-Book was the point guard the last few years. He's been orchestrating and running the offense because he's the lead dog. He's been doing that. Then he finally got a point guard and campaign in the point fraud, and then he went back to being his natural position of a two. He's been facilitating. But again, they don't know basketball. Devin Booker's championship is there for the taking. And he'll do the right thing. He'll give all the verbal bouquets to the point fraud because this will be like a lifetime achievement award for him. Again, look at what's happening here. He's not going to earn this ring. They're halfway to a championship even without him. It's not even his ring. He's not even going to earn it. This will be like that GP ring with the heat. GP coming off the bench, getting barely some run. You know, maybe made a key player to that whole playoff run, but he got that ring though. He could hold up that ring to you. This is what this would be for the point fraud. It would be a GP in Miami ring. Like, cool story, bruh. You ain't really do nothing to get that. We know who really won that ring. We know that's D-Book. That's Aiton. Boss man, Bridges. Campaign. And then, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You did play a couple games, right? Yeah, you got that bum shoulder, and then you went out there and ran around Denver hugging your mom, catching the Rona. Yeah, yeah, word. You was on the roster, word. Word, yeah, I guess you are a champion, sure. But I mean, deep book though. But De- DeAndre Ayton though, Boss Man ninety nine. When Boss Man ninety nine contributes to a championship more than you, 
Man, that's some sad shit. They're going to put that man in the Hall of Fame when Bossman 99 was a bigger contributor to his only championship. That's some sad shit, bro. I don't know how y'all do it. I don't know how y'all justify it. I don't know how y'all co-sign it. Over in the East, I mean, Giannis got no excuses, right? Nigerian freak with the Joel off right step. He's got no excuses. This is his time. It's a lot. It's really supposed to be D-Book versus Giannis in the finals. Let's see if we get that. But if we've learned anything this postseason, especially in the East, is teams will trick it off. Coaches that don't make adjustments will trick it off. The meniscus tearing taskmaster did not make adjustments. Doc Rivers did not make adjustments. Now we have Trey Young in the pick and roll with the floater heading into yet another series against another coach who is not known for making adjustments. Will the Bucks be dumb enough to let the same thing we've seen in the last two series happen again in front of their own faces? Will they let it happen? Drew Holiday should not need help on Trey Young. Chris Middleton should be able to handle Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Herder, whoever at that wing position. And if the Nigerian freak with the Joel Ofrice step is who y'all say he is, it should be no problem for John Collins and Clint Capella. They shouldn't do anything this whole series. They should be locked down. Brooke Lopez, who has played actually decent defensively this postseason. I mean, him and Clint Capella, that should be a wash. So really, the Nigerian freak with the Joloff right step just has to stop John Collins. Don't end up on a t-shirt, bro. That, that really should be Giannis' mind. Don't end up on a t-shirt. Don't be out here calling yourself the process and you ended up on a t-shirt by John Collins. That's not what you want to have happen. You don't want to be running around calling yourself the process, acting like you're a franchise player, acting like you're a top five player, acting like you should have been MVP, and you end up on a t-shirt by John Collins. That's not what you want, Giannis. That's not what you want. Y'all know I don't do a lot of prediction stuff, but I think what we need to look forward to here in the East is whose will will bend. Will it be the will of talent? Or will it be the will of... I don't know what the Hawks are doing, to be quite honest. I really don't know what the Hawks are doing. Teams are just laying, they're lulling teams to sleep. They'll let you blow them out. But if you don't put the foot on their neck, they will chip away. Because them threes going to keep coming. And them floaters and them alleys off the pick and roll are going to keep coming. What you going to do? Will the Bucks have an answer for Lou Will? Because that's the thing. Y- y'all know how, how I give it up. Your best player, if he's truly a franchise player, he should be good enough to get you two wins. I still don't know if Trey Young's in that category. I don't think so. Although this postseason, you could argue he's proven that he is. I still don't believe it. If he's good enough to get two dubs off on the Bucks, you're probably going to get a Lou Will game or a Herder game or a Gallinari game. And that's why in the beginning of the season coming in, even when it was Lloyd Pierce as the coach, I was like, yo, the Hawks are dangerous. They got a lot of dudes. And the thing is that they're missing so many dudes. No Reddish, no Hunter. They got rid of the point fraud. 
Like this roster could be even deeper, pause. And yet here they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. That was a, a real sleeper pick to go this far. But then once they had the bad start or the inconsistent start, and they got Lloyd Pierce out of there. And then they got hot. And then they had the, the easiest second half schedule of anyone in the league. And then they ran off a whole bunch of W's and got confidence. But then they were supposed to go in there and lose to Knicks tape. Because the meniscus tearing taskmaster Tom Thibodeau, the fraudulent coach of the year, was supposed to scheme a way to stop Trey Young. And Trey Young gave him 30 pieces night after night. And then he goes into Philly. With all these defensive wings that I keep hearing about that are elite. And he Swiss cheeses them up and gets them out of there on their own floor in seven. Now he's going up against another defensive point guard that has a reputation in Drew Holiday. And Chris Middleton has a rep. And they've given fraudulent defensive player of the year award to Nigerian freak with the Joloff right step. What's he going to do now? You know his movies. We know what the plays are. You can sit and watch the game and know what play's coming. The signals, they aren't, they aren't even hiding the signals. If you pay close attention, you can see that based on whatever side of the floor Trey is bringing the ball up on, what play's coming. But if not, if you're not paying attention, you don't catch that. But I've watched enough Hawk games. Like, okay, left side, okay, I know where the pick's coming from. Oh, he's bringing up on the right side. Okay, I know where the screen's coming from. This could be a very long series or a very short series, depending on what Giannis shows up. If the Giannis that shows up in game seven against the Nets pulls up, it's a short series. It's a short series. But if the Giannis that showed up early in the Nets series pulls up, the Hawks could do it again. And that's where you lean on your number one. Your number one has to be your number one. And y'all know I don't think Giannis is a number one. But the way Bud treated Giannis in game seven, they kept force feeding him like he was a number one. And for one night, he was able to do it. But can he do it four out of seven times against the Hawks? And then if that happens and they succeed, can he do it four out of seven times against the Suns most likely? But again, it's not like Giannis showed you something that he didn't show you something new in that 40 piece he put up in game seven. Did you see anything new? It was just attitude, demeanor, the Shaq buzzword, aggression. It wasn't anything different. He shot the three the same. He ran the break the same. He was just aggressive. Your man's down in Philly. Bootleg, Canal Street, Giannis might learn a thing or two. Just from saying the hell with it, I'm doing it anyway. And that's why as much as I hate the, the lazy term of, of Shaq using, well, just go be aggressive, there is something to it. But if you know you can't shoot free throws and you never really could shoot free throws, being aggressive, if you're not agile enough, you take a charge, you take a blocking foul, you get hacked. You got to go to the line and get those buckets. Giannis is not afraid to go to the line, despite not being the greatest of free throw shooters. And therein lies the difference. It's really just that simple. Same height, 
not the same wingspan, essentially the same skill set to a degree. Obviously, the Nigerian freak with the Joloff right step is not the same passer as bootleg Nigerian freak with the Joloff right step, but everything else is more or less the same. They both get hyped for their defense, even though I think both are markedly overrated. They're essentially the same dude. It just one wants to shoot and the other doesn't. Based off the draft lottery last night, the Dubs went and got two lottery picks thanks to the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? So they got two lottery picks. They got seven and 14. If you're Portland, you already know where I'm going. Is two lottery picks enough for Dame? Hear me out. If you're Portland and the Dubs call and say, you're, we want to bring Dame home. 7-14. Now, you probably got to throw in some other frivolous bodies contract-wise to make it work. 7-14. Weissman. And whatever bodies that make it work financially. But Dane, if you're Portland, what you thinking? You get two lottery picks and a young big. So you can let Nurkic walk. You have two lottery picks that can potentially fill the place of Dame. Maybe not be top five like how Dame is, but two lottery picks that could be upper echelon players potentially. You could get a guy at seven that potentially could be a number one option or maybe even 14. Shit, the Nigerian freak was 13. So if you're the dubs, you were able to fleece the Timberwolves and trick them into giving you a first rounder and Wiggins. <laughs> okay. Now you have a first rounder. Now you have a lottery pick. What the hell do you do with it? You obviously need to improve the team. Steph is getting nothing but older. We're assuming Clay's going to be okay. I don't know if he's going to be all the way back, but we're assuming with the amount of time he's had off, like KD Slim Reaper has proven, you need a lot of time to really come back and flourish coming off that type of a leg injury. Will Clay be able to be like that next year? Yeah, I know how I feel about H&H, the habitual nutheader Draymond Green. There's not much left if there, if there is anything left. What do they need? They need a new star. That's the only way they've won. It's either by facing a team with a depleted roster or by having an overwhelming amount of stars. Ideally, players that are better than Steph, like Slim Reaper, and in this case, if it were to go down, Dame Dallas. Dame Dallas is better than Steph. So if you're the dubs, do you dangle that? Do you give up on Weissman, who Steve Kerr obviously doesn't know what to do with, and Steph doesn't know how to play with a rim running big. The only one who knows how to use Weissman effectively, sadly enough, is the H&H, the habitual nut hitter, Draymond Green. So if you can't do that, if you can't figure that out, maybe you just load up and get another star and you bring Dame home. Bring him back to the bay. He runs with Steph. Now you have three guards. You can roll three guards, H&H, and keep whatever generic big Kevion Looney could go sign a dude in free agency. 
What do you do if you've got Dame, Steph, and Clay out there on the floor? Two dudes that can pull from the logo and another dude that can score 60 points on 11 dribbles. That's where the league's going, right? It's all about shooting, right? That's all people care about is shooting. What do you do if you have Steph, Dame, and Clay on the floor? Because that was the cheat code about three, four years ago. Having Steph, Clay, and KD. You can guard two really good shooters. Hard to guard three. You'll go get a Dame. You have the seventh and the 14th pick and Weissman, who you're down on. You can flip that, throw in some other ancillary pieces, and maybe entice the Blazers to blow it up. Everyone's talking about CJ being moved. That could be the real big domino. You really want to start over? Dub's got two lottery picks. That's the thing that stood out to me the most from the draft lottery results. It's like, ooh, the Dub's got two good lottery picks. Not great, good. 7-14 and 14 is good. If you're a team that's bereft of talent, needs fresh bodies, you can do that. Doesn't look like Melo's coming back. Stotts is already out. Dame wants to be out. CJ could be flipped. It's probably time to blow it up. I mean, it probably was time low-key a year or two ago, but now it looks like we are for sure here. So if that's the case, if you're Portland and the dubs call and say 7 14 Weissman and whatever else we need to do to make it financially work for Dame. What do you do? You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. I am on the road in Connecticut at another golf tournament. So thank you for being patient. Appreciate y'all for checking out the content. Uh, there is a bonus episode. There's going to be a few bonus episodes that did a round table with two of the homies. Basically destroying. I let them destroy the Sixers and let them air them out and Ben and all that type of stuff. And then if you haven't checked your feeds already, there's a quick solo episode of me talking about Ben. So you have that there. I got some other stuff coming in the tuck that I've been meaning to give to y'all. So just refresh the feeds. Y'all know how I give it up. If the notifications on Apple are slow, that's a Apple-wide thing. Don't worry about that. They're they're trying to clean it up. But just refresh the feeds. We got Spotify. We got the other places the pod is at. So find the pod. Download the pod no matter where you find it. Let's make sure we keep the downloads. The numbers from a year ago to today have been very nice. It's it's been a very nice big jump. I appreciate y'all for checking it out. and appreciating y'all for always supporting the content that I put out. I got more coming for y'all. Just give me some time. The Cindy Podcast. I'm the Cindy.